So that happens once when he becomes a Kohen. But then there's the Kohen Gudel, who has a bigger Kedisha, and every day goes up and up, higher and higher in the levels of Kedisha. And the Chesherim brings the idea, Bakant, that the Yidah Kudish from Shizcha, it was called the Yidah Kudish, that, that title he got, the Yidah Kudish, was Yatamu um, from The reason he was called the Yidah Kudish, one of the reasons it's given is because, well, let me first say one of the simple reasons. One of the simple reasons they say was because his name was Yankav the same as his Rebbe, the Chayzer from the Blin, and because they didn't want to, the Talmud didn't want to call him by his name, they called him the Yid, the Yid Hakodesh. But there's a few, a few reasons given, and the reason that the Chedeshirim gives is that because every day he would be in Allah so much in in, in Kedisha as as someone who just became a Yid, literally as someone who went from a goy to a Yid. That, that was this Allah that he had literally every day. So he was constantly becoming a Yid. So they called him the Yid Hakodesh. So Kohen Gudel was constantly being this Allah to the Kedisha, and that's why he he was growing in levels of Kedisha every day from one day to the next, similar to what a Kohen Hadid did once when he became a Kohen when he started doing Avoida, he was in Shanach Avoida. So if we have to learn a lesson from that, I think what it might be is that it's it's easier to sometimes just have one um, growth, and yeah, you know that's that's where you remain, as opposed to something that's ongoing and steady that takes a lot a lot bigger um, a level of growth. A Kohen Gudel was able to do that every single day. And sometimes I think that situations in life and, and in general, each person in their own in their own areas, that when they were, when they're able to do something like that, to constantly grow, especially when it's constant, right? When a client is trying to avoid it, so it's a big thing in his life. It's like somebody getting married. Right? The day you get married, it's a whole new thing in life. So you see, you know, people people change, people grow, people you know, there's something about the excitement of something new. But as life goes on, and then it's, it's you know, life is simple and boring, and it's very hard to have that kind of. Uh, you know, progress and achievement, you know, as as life is just regular, and for that you have to be a kohen So I think that there's that kohen in all of us that is able to grow, but it's just much harder to be able to do something constant. You know, there's that uh, famous idea from I think of Shemeshkop, who said that uh, that the condition that a chusn is is ongoing. It's not just uh, that one moment that you put on the ring. It's something that that's always happening. It's an ongoing Kenyan. And they say the joke that when he said that in the Shia, when the Talmudim said, Rebbe, Mazel Tov. Yeah, the Rebbe got married. Just it's, It keeps on happening. When you think about it, there's something ongoing about marriage, which means that it's not only that one moment that you connect and now everyone's excited. And it's a whole new relationship. There's something ongoing about it that definitely takes a stronger level of of, of self-work you know, to make it something that's that's... That's meaningful as time goes on, because when life gets boring and there's all the you know regular stuff going on, especially with with you know different um, responsibilities and obligations and, and routines, it's definitely much harder to keep that kind of excitement. So there's ways to do it. There's ways to have excitement every once in a while, whether it's a vacation or time out or something that you do interesting. But then there's the ongoing you know things in life that if you don't work on making them interesting, you don't work on on becoming closer and growing together and all that stuff, you know, it just doesn't happen on its own. I think that's something that we would call the level of a Kohen Gudel, somebody who knows how to constantly grow and constantly, you know, um, do nice things together and, and, and make a relationship meaningful and not stale. So with that said, I'm going to read a question. Now, interestingly, 
as you know, I, I address questions that came in a while back because I have a list of questions and I try to go in order and whoever sends me questions and everyone's invited to send them in and I try to get them, I try to get to each of them one day. This time, you know, and again, the last two, three weeks, I'm thinking of, you know, should we talk about the virus and the virus and the corona and, and the shalom bias and the chinuch problems because of it and everything like that. And, and maybe, you know, maybe that's a separate thing that we should do, like a small daily Q&A about the corona questions coming in and there's a lot of them. Um, it's definitely a situation, but now I got a, que- I, I, a question reached the top of my list that I think is so apropos to the current times. Interestingly, somebody sent it in a while back, a while back, and it's just so, it's just so relevant that I think everyone will now be able to appreciate it. Hashem works in wondrous ways. If I would have said this question when it came in, I, I don't think too many people would have appreciated even the answer, and I think now maybe it's just more relevant. So let me read it. Hello, thank you so much for all the classes full of wisdom. They are so helpful. I appreciate it. Okay, you're very welcome. I'd like to ask a question that I have for myself and from other women as well. Much more these days when husbands are home more, they work at home and have computers at home and don't have 9 to 5 jobs like in the past. The husband is home many hours of the day and it takes away from my serenity and my space. It's something that's not easy and already going on for many years. The question is how do I change my feeling? I'm happier when he leaves than when he comes home. And there's no happiness to a husband walking through the door. And nothing refreshing about seeing each other. How can I change my perspective if I can't change the situation? This is a big blockage in my relationship. Thank you for making such a big difference in my life. Wow, that's a very good question. A very good question. This woman is writing that she and friends of hers have this question, that the husband's working from home on a computer, so he's not going out 9 to 5 to make money and then coming home at night, and wow, it's so nice to see you, right? You don't have any of that. And, you know, automatically, I don't have my space, I don't have my serenity, we're in the same house together the whole day, and I'm more happy when he leaves than when he comes home. Now, if this, like I said, if this question would have been addressed a month or two ago, I think some people would say, okay, you know, that's not me. But now, with the virus going on, and so many more people are at home, um, stuck together, and, and, you know, it's definitely stressful, definitely stressful, not a question, and a lot of people have this question, like, what do I do? How are we supposed to stay together a whole day under one roof? I mean, it's, it's, it's stressful. Now, interestingly, obviously it makes a big difference if it's a temporary question or a permanent question. In other words, if it's a long-term thing that you and your spouse are going to be home a whole day, that's, that's something you have to learn how to deal with, as opposed to something temporary, it just makes it a little easier. Now, interestingly, right, I do five classes a week, and one of them is for Bukhran, and the question that the uh, Bukhran sent in this week, uh, the question and answer for Bukhran, I do two a week, two questions in that year, and the question this week was, Bukhran saying, he's complaining the same thing, I'm home with my father a whole day, and a whole week, and it's already two weeks, and I'm going crazy. We don't have the best relationship, it's a little awkward. And, and, I, you know, and then I sat with someone, the day, that I, the day before I said that year, I sat with a boy in my office, and he told me the same thing. He told me, I like listening to music, and I like this, and I like that, and I'm home, and my father's home all day, and he can't handle it, and what do we do now? And this is something that, you know, like, I, like I mentioned over there, this is something that usually doesn't happen. In other words, we're not, we're not programmed, we're not um, used to this, and it's not the way it should be, that families stay in the house all day. It's not, it's not the way it should be. There's usually, if anything... Uh, a housewife, uh, a mommy at home taking care of a baby or something, and the father's at work, and the, and the, and the sons are in yeshiva or school. There's, there's a way things work. There's a way that normal families work. And you know, now we're definitely being challenged by situations that we're not used to, because that's not the way it is. In other words, a yeshiva bakr is usually used to having a schedule in yeshiva, whether he's in dormitory or he's even coming home every night. There's a limited amount of time that you get along with the father and they have a relationship with him. If it's good, it's great, and we love each other and we're so happy to see each other, and we spend time Shabbos together and, and more of that. And if it's not great, then it's also fine, because I have my friends and I have my routine and everything's fine. Now we're being challenged by having to get along with people long-term all the time. Now, so, so now, when, somebody, when something like that is temporary, it just makes it that much easier... Well, when I say temporary, I don't mean just when there's a virus going on. I mean, it's a benazmanim, it could be a yomtiv, it could be chalamoid. 
But it's easier because you remember that it's short term. So when you try to make the most of it, you're remembering it's going to pass. And, you know, for now, let's, let's find ways to make it work. Maybe there's ways to connect better. Maybe there's ways to appreciate each other's company. Maybe you could grow. Or maybe you could just tolerate each other and keep reminding yourself, you know, this is going to pass. And I'll be back in Yeshiva with my friends. You know, there's, there's different relationships and different people get along with different people and they, people understand each other better or worse. You know, so that's definitely... Um, and, and, but, but sometimes it's always good to know how do I deal with somebody when we are close and we have to be close, even if it's temporary, especially if it's not. And I've heard this question from people going on vacation. And sometimes, you know, with the daily routine, it's just a certain way, a certain structure, the way things go when you're on vacation. Like a whole day. I like the vacation. I like taking the walks. I like spending some time together. I like relaxing together. But 24 hours together is a lot. And it's just something that, that, that definitely comes up often. So one of the things that I just want to mention as, as, a, as an introduction to this is that communication is key. And we talk about this often. Healthy communication, knowing how to express yourself to a spouse, is always important. So any part of anything I'm going to say now that has to be communicated... In other words, something, is what, something that I might discuss is what you should be doing. But anything that, that, any part of what you're going to be doing that needs to be communicated, it's important to know how to communicate. It's, not, it's important to know how to say something nicely, to make sure nobody's hurt by a message that you're saying, and to make it, to, to make it um, um, communicated in, in a way that, that everyone feels good about. So that's, that's always, you know, when there's elephants in the corner don't, that you don't want to address, and you're working around, and you're fooling each other, that's not good. Things have to be communicated. Sometimes it's gishmaker to communicate something, whether it's a good joke or a nice piece of news. And sometimes it's not so easy. We're not so gishmak, but not communicating and working around something that's not spoken and, and both you are feeling and, don't, and you both don't know how, what the other one's thinking. It's, 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 it's already a big shter, a big, a big problem in, in a relationship. That's always something to remember. Communication is a, a tremendous part of, communi- of relationships. No matter what it is, no matter what topic. I'm saying over here also, any part of anything we're going to discuss that has to be communicated, you have to be brave enough to communicate it, and you have to communicate in a way that's going to be nice, and, and there's always a nice way to say something. It doesn't mean that somebody will appreciate everything you're going to be communicating, but there's a nicer way to say something that will help that it be taken better. So, just to go back to the question over here, one thing that this woman wrote is, how can I change my perspective if I can't change the situation? Now, first of all, it's a very good approach, because there are situations that can't be changed, and it's all about perspective. So that's very commendable when somebody sees, you know what, this, this is the situation it is, and I, it's my perspective that I want to change, and not the situation, because I know I can't. However, what I do want to challenge this questioner, and anyone that is feeling like this, is um, who said you can't change the situation? And the reason I'm saying this is not because you should always look to change situations that can't be changed, but the point is that sometimes, sometimes we do settle on situations that really could be changed. And that's something important to know. Sometimes we, we throw in the towel and say, this is what it is, I'm giving up when there's many things that can be done to make things easier and simpler. So that's something to think about. Before you give up on changing the situation, it's good to change your perspective anyway, but before you give up on changing the situation, it's good to think about it a little out of the box and say, you know, maybe there are things I could do. And I'll give you a few suggestions, which I have no, I have no clue if they're relevant in, in this situation or anyone else's, but just something to think about. Maybe you could suggest, and again, in a very nice way, communicating it um, about about how much, how, how much easier I think it would be, and it's nothing personal, not about you, it's my, own, it's my own claustrophobia, or whatever it is, but maybe your husband could take an office, maybe he could make his office in the basement, maybe he could rent a room. Now sometimes people think, well, if I'm working online, why do I need a room? It's an extra expense. But maybe it's worth it. Maybe if you explain that it just makes it a little easier for you, maybe, maybe he'll be okay with it. Maybe he even wants it. Think about it. Maybe he wants to take a place. He just not mentioned to go out and start renting place and paying money, you know, to work if I could really do it at home. Maybe my wife's gonna be angry at me. So that's where the communication part comes in. Maybe you both really want the same thing. For all I know, he also wants to take a place. Now, sometimes people will say, "Well, it's an extra expense of a thousand dollars a month." 
Now, of course, I, I'm not funding anyone's um, rental space, so you know, if you don't like the idea and you can't pay for it, I'm, not, I'm definitely not going to uh, pay for it for you, but think about it. There are things that we do, we sometimes skimp on certain expenses that really do add to our serenity, right? Just for example, now, people are stuck at home with the virus, and the kids that don't know what to do. And sometimes you think, well, should I buy a toy, should I not buy a toy? Should I, should I buy a coloring book or not? Well, it's another $6, you know, I'll push, another through. I'll push, through, I'll push through another day. There's a line that I use often when I talk to people, and, and I, I only say it for a joke. But there's something about it, and sometimes at home, you know, we, I, I mentioned this to my wife, uh, you know, about, about a child's needs or whatever it may be. I always say, it's cheaper than therapy. If it's cheaper than therapy, then maybe it's worth it. You know, sometimes you have a husband and wife, they're going for help, they're paying $500 a week in therapy because he goes to a session and she goes to a session, and then they have a, a joint session. So right? they're busy spending a lot of money on therapy. And just an example, obviously, it could also be $100 a week. You know, but sometimes doing something that would avoid needing therapy. Right? Something that will actually help the relationship or something that will make people happier or more content and be less edgy and less anxious and less problematic, that they won't do because they're skimping. Now, again, I don't mean to say you should skimp when you need help. If it's worth it and you're getting guidance and it's helping you cope, then yeah, it's worth the money. But all I mean to say is that sometimes a coloring book that will, that will, that will help your children not need therapy will be happier children and more what to do, then maybe it's worth it. And even if it's $100, well, like I said, it's cheaper than therapy. So the, the, that being said, sometimes the serenity and the space and the understanding between husband and wife, it, maybe it's worth $500 to rent a small room that your husband can work. And maybe he's okay with it. And maybe if it's communicated very nicely and respectfully, that's something that can just make it easier and geschmacker for all of us and whatever else, it might just be taken very well. Now, even on a smaller scale, maybe you could change the situation. Maybe you could discuss with your husband again very nicely. Nothing personal. It's just simply something about my own space and my own needs. And I think maybe yours too. Maybe we could just... You stay in the dining room and I stay in the kitchen and we'll meet for lunch, right, maybe, but just, just separating a little bit or working around a certain schedule that he works at certain hours, not just comes and goes and walks in and, and takes things while you're cooking. You know, there's ways to just, just give some space without changing things in a big way. So what I mean to say is that don't look at it like I can't change the situation anyway and he's all over me and whatever else and I'm cooking and he's taking drinks and he's working and he's in his pajamas. There might be ways to work even in the house and just set things up nicely. So without communicating it, or just saying, okay, this is how it is, I'm settling, and I'm, and I'm upset about it, that might not be the way to do it. So I'm just mentioning these different ideas. Maybe you take a walk, maybe you leave the house, maybe he leaves the house. There's ways to deal with things that it could be a little different. And by the way, just because she mentioned another word about nothing refreshing about seeing each other, well, maybe you have to get a little more exciting. Maybe the fact that you see each other so often makes it not refreshing to sit down and, and spend time eating a meal together. Maybe, maybe we'll go for a walk, look over there. You know, maybe we'll do something special uh, once a week, uh, and eat on the porch just so it's like a little, a little interesting and a little more refreshing and something to look forward to. So all I mean to say is I'm just giving a few silly ideas, but maybe they're not so silly. And they're about looking for ways to change a situation that you thought had to be this way. And maybe there's ways to work around it and make something a little more, um, you know, with some creativity, definitely change things and make it a little, more, a little easier. Now, if you can't change a situation, and even if you could, but you still want to change your perspective... There's definitely different ways to look at things. Now, different ways to look at things doesn't always mean it's going to feel better right away. And sometimes you're like, oh, I already thought, like, but, but Lamaisa. But sometimes just thinking things, right? Just, just letting things go through your mind could influence how you, how you feel. Now, before I go on, let's just remember that very much of this question, right, for those of you who felt that it wasn't relevant to you at all, and for those of you who not only the husband doesn't work at home all year, but even now by the virus, he's in the grocery and he's busy all day. But what about the children? How often do I hear parents saying about the children, I need, I need my space, the claustrophobia here. 
I can't handle being at home with kids. And even if it's all just an afternoon, or even if it's just Shabbos, I, I, how do you deal with it, right? Now, what's the question? You can't, and you can't change the situation, let's say. You can't give away your kids. I mean, you don't want to, I don't think. Right? So it's about perspective. How will I look at it? How will I look at my situation? How will I try to see the good in it and feel good about it, even though it's not exactly the way I would have wanted it to be? I either would have wanted to have a huge house, or I would have wanted to always be calm and content and, and nobody should be crying. I, I know a lot of things I'd want should happen, but if I don't have that, what, what could I do? What could I think? What could I help myself process to, to, to change perspective, like she said? So, you know, one of the things you want to see is, is the blessing. You want to see the bracha and everything. I mentioned this recently, I think, about the guy who was telling me he doesn't want to get married because of the, because of the restriction of marriage. Now I could go, I can come, I'm, I, don't have, I don't have to tolerate anyone, I do whatever I want, and my schedule's fine, and I'm, I'm totally flexible. You know, but that's silly, and we all know it, and all of us who have families know it's the biggest bracha you can have, a family and children. And sometimes, when, when things get a little stressful, you have to remind yourself, you know what, this is much better, much better than losing a spouse, or being alone, being single, not having a spouse or being childless, this is much better. It's not easy, it's not easy. So the relationship's a struggle, and the, there's a lot of tension in the air, and the family's not easy, but it's much better than being alone. The restriction is healthy. I'm happy that I'm restricted. It would have been nice to fly off to Florida whenever I would want, but I'm happy that I can, because the fact that I can just goes to show that I'm a blessed person. Now, whether you're doing it with a Ruchniyaz Dige Kavuna, knowing that this is the Tachlis and Leben, and this is what I really want, to have a Meshpocha, and there's a Tachlis, and it's not easy, or just the fact that I know the truth, that it's much better and happier to have a family than not, whatever it is, just thinking about the, the Brucha just makes it easier. Now, another thing, when you with your spouse the whole day, sometimes the stressful part doesn't help you, or doesn't, doesn't make it easy for you to focus on the good. There's so much good. This and this is something that we, we all know and this is something we all have to do in every relationship you want to focus on the good you want to respect someone you want to see the good in them and sometimes the stress of being too close doesn't let you do that but if you start reminding yourself there's so much to respect to my husband even though he's working at home he's still scheduled or even though he's on the computer all day he watches what he what he's very careful with what, what he sees or not there's, there's, there's good things to see in a, in a spouse I know some people say well I wish well other things then but the, you know there are so many things you could respect someone for and then being near them and thinking about the good in them is not as stressful or hard as it was because now you're seeing someone you look up to. So these are just these are just small tips, but there's definitely things that change uh, perspective. And another thing, which is a little similar to what I just mentioned, is in general being thankful, having an attitude of gratitude, as they call it. I know it's not always easy, especially when people are suffering or struggling or even just unhappy with things. But being a grateful person, thank Hashem for what you have. Thank, thank you, Hashem, that I have a husband. Imagine if Chazav Shulam, Chazav Shulam, he wouldn't be here anymore, and I'd be alone, and I'd be, I'd be, I'd be missing those days where he was home all day. Talking about being thankful that things could have been worse. Thank you, Hashem, that even though my husband's home, and I don't appreciate that he's in the next room a whole day, but at the end of the day, I thank you, Hashem, that he doesn't come to the kitchen too often. I thank you, Hashem, that he doesn't tell me what to cook. I thank you, Hashem, that, that he knows how to keep himself busy. I thank you, Hashem, that when he doesn't know what to do, he listens to a shear instead of making, instead of dragging me a cup. Things could be worse, and sometimes just being thankful for the fact that they're not worse is, is also something to be thankful about. It already changes perspective, you know? I'm happy. I know some, so many people, if they would be home together, they'd probably, they'd probably be killing each other like this, you know? I'm happy. At least we have different rooms. Thank you, Hashem, that we have rooms in the house. Thank you, Hashem, that we're not living in a, one, in, a, in a studio apartment and sharing a table and a computer and just trying to split the screen. So there's a lot to be thankful for. Thank you, Hashem, that my husband is home and that when I want to run out to the grocery, I don't have to be afraid that the bus is going to come and nobody's going to be here for the kids. Thank you, Hashem, that my husband is home and that I never, at the end of the day, I'm never afraid to be alone. Thank you, Hashem, that if I'm busy and someone rings the bell, my husband's there to open the door. Thank you, Hashem, that if something breaks, I know that I can just call him and he's in the other room and he'll come help me. Thank you, Hashem. 
Thank you, Hashem. There's a lot of things to be thankful for. And, and if you think, if you think, th- thank you, Hashem. I'm just mention another thing. There's accountability. At the end of the day, part of the space that I don't have is that I can't say whatever I want because my husband might hear my conversation. I don't like that. I'd want to have space and say whatever I want. But at the end of the day, maybe the fact that someone's listening, right? I and Roya, boys and Shamas, maybe it's good for me. Maybe at the end of the day, I do talk less, listen harder, and do waste my time less because I know that someone's watching. Maybe my husband is more careful with what he does because he knows that I'm here. Thank you, Hashem, that there's accountability. So when you, when you see the good and you thank Hashem for what, what this situation does bring you, sometimes it just makes it easier. It's still not the way you would want it to be. And you might still want to change it, like we mentioned before, if you could. But if you can't, at least you see the good in it. Now, let's go to the next step. And the next step is that instead of settling and saying, you know what, thank you, Hashem, it is what it is, I'll see the good, which is also, it's amazing, and it does a lot for a person, maybe there's so much that you're actually giving up on. Sometimes we have opportunities and we don't even realize what they are. Maybe, maybe you could embrace your husband's presence. Maybe you could actually appreciate that he could do things for you which you didn't even realize because you'd be so busy running away from him and, and, and trying to distract yourself from the fact that he's there. Maybe the fact that he's home means that he's more available to help you and you're not using his help. Maybe he'd be happy to help you and you could be appreciative and you could feel better about each other. Maybe you could schedule to have one thirty a coffee together and, and just take a nice break of the day and enjoy each other's presence. And maybe that alone will make it easier the other part of the day where you're not on top of each other. There's so many times that people have situations that they could use for the better and they don't. So even now, for example, right, the situation where everyone's at home and everyone's on top of each other, nobody... Think about it. Think when you have two minutes to think, when you're not in the difficulty, you're not emotionally involved in the stress. Is there something I could do now that me and my husband are home and me and my children are home that I was never able to do till now? Maybe, maybe we could dance together. Make a, a ring with my kids and be their, their teacher or the or the or the Rebbe and Chayda. Maybe we could, maybe, maybe we could take a walk around the backyard. Maybe I don't. Maybe, maybe we could play a game. Maybe we make a Hanukkah party, middle of Christmas, and why not? There's so many things you might be able to do, right? Maybe I could sit down with my husband and discuss something that we never had a chance to discuss. Maybe after maybe after the kids go to sleep, I don't know. Maybe there are things we could do now that things are a little different. And if it's long term, maybe there are things that I could do that other people can't because I have my husband at home. So just think about it. Think about it. Try to see where you could actually use it to your benefit. And then, of course, you'll change your perspective. You'll be appreciating it. Does it mean that it will really be Gishmakr then if you would go and come in a normal schedule? Maybe not. Maybe not. But if that's the way it is, and it can't be changed, instead of settling and saying, Hashem, I accept it, being thankful, which is also amazing, there might be things that you could do. So any situation that Hashem puts us in, we could always either try to survive it, or we could thrive and use it. And the difference is that when you survive, you're limited because how long could you survive? And it gets stressful. And you have to keep on being machazak yourself when you're thriving and you're growing from it and you're enjoying it. You know, that's limitless. There's always more and more that you can accomplish together. And interesting, somebody wrote me an email this week and he tells me, you should know, I always had communication issues with my wife and it was never gishmak to be together and we were always running away from each other. But now that we're home a whole week because we don't have a choice, it's very interesting to see how we, we made it work. I guess we both realized that we didn't have a choice. And we started communicating more and helping each other more. And, and you know, he said, I, I thank Hashem that he put me in this situation. Think about it. Now, there are people that never had to be together, but the fact that they are just made them make it work. So if you find yourself in a situation where, on the one hand, you feel like you're smothering each other, you need space, and it's not the way you want to be, it could be, you could change the situation. And you should never be afraid to communicate things and to be clear about how maybe it could be changed and if it's worth it enough for you. And, and you're willing to invest or whatever it is, and you tell your husband, listen, I know, again, nothing personal, just, I, I, you know... Uh, Again, in a nice way. And the reason why I'm saying in a nice way, I'm just reminding myself now about the wife who didn't let her husband in. I was dealing with this situation. She didn't let her husband into the house till 10 p.m. because she needs her space. So he's walking from shul to shul looking for where to sit and make a phone call because her, his wife doesn't let him into the house. That's, 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 that's off the charts and it's a control issue and it's terrible and he shouldn't, he shouldn't have ever tolerated it and she should have never done it. And obviously it wasn't said in a nice way either.
But if you say things nicely and, and in a healthy way, mm-hmm. and it's nothing personal, sometimes things could change for the better. And if you can't, or when you can't, or any situation that has to be the way it is, you change your perspective, you try to be nice to each other, you try to respect each other, see the good in each other, be thankful for what you have. You never know, that could be the biggest brach in your life, that you're together, you spend time together, and you actually enjoy each other's presence for many happy and healthy years. Yeah. And yourself. So Kaisal should have a year, and we should be out of this, and we shouldn't have to be on top of each other anymore. Um, but, you know, until then, we should definitely try to use the opportunity and grow together and appreciate each other's presence and thank Hashem for each other. And I myself, we should all see Bishu Sashayi Sulub Mahira. Shkoyah.